This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Bulletproof Screenplay Podcast, episode number 31. Beware of advice. Even this. Carl Sandberg. Broadcasting from a dark, windowless room in Hollywood, when we really should be working on that next draft, it's the Bulletproof Screenplay Podcast, showing you the craft and business of screenwriting while teaching you how to make your screenplay bulletproof. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Bulletproof Screenplay Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Now, today's show is sponsored by Bulletproof Script Coverage. Now, unlike other script coverage services, Bulletproof Script Coverage actually focuses on the kind of project you are and the goals of the project you are. So we actually break it down by three categories, micro-budget, indie film market, and studio film. There's no reason to get coverage from a reader that's used to reading tentpole movies when your movie's going to be done for $100,000. And we wanted to focus on that at Bulletproof Script Coverage. Our readers have worked with Marvel Studios, CAA, WME, NBC, HBO, Disney, Scott Free, Warner Brothers, The Blacklist, and many, many more. So if you need your screenplay or TV script covered by professional readers, head on over to CoverMyScreenplay.com. And today's show is also sponsored by IFH TV, Indie Film Hustle TV, the world's first Netflix-style streaming service for screenwriters and filmmakers. If you want to take classes on the screenwriting process and also listen to amazing interviews by the world's best and biggest screenwriters, IFH TV is for you. Just head over to IndieFilmHustle.tv. Today's episode, we're going to go deep into the dark world of television writing. How to break in, what happens inside, the politics of what happens inside. From a point of view of a writer, last episode we talked about um, with Daniel Knopf, who is a, a showrunner, and that I want to talk to him about it from his point of view. But now we're going to talk about it from a writer's point of view. Someone who worked their way in, was a writer's assistant, and did everything they had to do to get in and, uh, and see how the inner workings of a network show actually is till he finally got a shot to write a full episode of the series. And so today's guest is Steve Votolo. And Steve has been a a writer's assistant, a script coordinator, and also a writer on some big shows like Hot in Cleveland, Crowded, and Blackish. And I wanted to have Steve on the show to kind of get his perspective on what it's really like to break into a writer's room to get on a show and and really, you know, make it make some noise as a writer. And there's so much craziness that happens with revisions against revisions and other things that happen while you're in the writing process, that he actually created a software that helps uh, writers 
in the massive amounts of revisions on in television, and it's called scriptation, and we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Stephen Vitolo. I'd like to welcome to the show Steve Vitolo. How are you doing, brother? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you, man, for coming on board. I've, I don't know much about the television world and television writing oh, world. Oh, happy to fill you in. So that's why you are on the show, <laughs> all I know. sir. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm dying to hear about all the inner workings of network shows and writers' rooms and all that kind of good stuff. But first of all, how did you get into the film business? Uh, well, I went to uh, Boston University and um, graduated college of communication, did a film and TV degree, so did that whole thing. <laughs> um, and as far as uh, the actual degree, I, I how, mean, I'm how sure, useful is it? Not at all. <laughs> Has anyone ever asked you in this industry to, to show you? That no, to, to, no one's. No one's like, oh, you you know. It, here's where it does help. Um, there, it helps in the connections that you make while you're there. So, for example, <laughs> um, I before I moved out to Los Angeles, I stayed at home for a year just to save money so I could move out to Los Angeles mm-hmm. to eventually blow that all in like three to six months. Obviously. Um, but <laughs> but where, it, where it really helped is that um, there was a contingency of people that moved out right after college and they all got the crappy jobs that no one wanted to get. So they were all PAs and interns and things like that. So there was such a big uh, network at BU of current people and also alumni. So that's where it really helps you. But no one's looking at your GPA for a film job and seeing what school you went to. Um, Although maybe maybe if you're a Harvard graduate that <laughs> you know you kind of have a leg up anywhere in any industry. But, uh, really? Yeah. Do you think Harvard Film School really going to yeah. open the doors too much? Well, um, <laughs> it, it does in certain writer's rooms for sure. Oh, no. In writer's room, is, I yeah. actually saw that documentary about um, the Harvard Lampoon and, yep. and those guys. It's, it's almost like a, a club, a fraternity. If you're in the Lampoon, you automatically cut the line in a lot of ways. Yeah, that is true. I'm not all the time, no. but... They, they have a big leg up and they'll get meetings and they'll get signed and things like that. So if you're going to go to Harvard, um, yeah, you'll, you should put that on your resume. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I went to full sale f- uh, film school in Orlando and not once has anyone ever asked me in the entire time I've been doing this, can I see your degree? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you hope you get good training and sure. you're able to do what you want to do. I mean, I think if you're going to film school, you probably have an idea. I don't think anyone goes to film school is like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But um, usually when you go there, it's like, okay, I want to direct, I want to write, I want to produce, or maybe you want to do all those things. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you get the training at the school to do that. And then, you know, when you move out, some of your friends or um, schoolmates uh, will be there helping you. And then it's a connections game. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. It really is. And a talent so- game, hopefully. Yeah, well, the talent is, it's unfortunately sometimes still like the lower, lower on, lower on the totem pole sometimes. Um, but a lot of times it's like those connections do get you in the door, but you have to stay in the door. Exactly. And that's where the talent and experience and things come in. And yeah. Play. You also have to get your foot in the right door. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, so when I moved out here, um, I was, you know, I take any job. Um, so I started in reality uh, television and award shows. 
Um, my very first PA job was on uh, Jamie Kennedy's show. Mm-hmm. Called Blow it. it was called Blowing Up. Yeah, I remember. It wasn't, <laughs> I love the way you said that. It's like, it's called Blowing Up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, sell it. Sell it. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it was on, on MTV. I have a really bad memory, but I think it was an MTV show. And I remember the first day I was there, my job was to hold an umbrella because we were outside. So my job was to hold an umbrella over Jamie Kennedy so he wouldn't get sunburned. Nice. You were so close to the star. So that's not I, bad. I know. And that so that was the glamorous. I, I it was I, you know, it's funny. I had that I got that job. It was like my second day there. Mm-hmm. And you know, my friend at college was like, "Hey, you want to be a PA for this thing?" And it's like, "Great, glamorous everything." And then yeah, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> So from there, how do you parlay that into the next stages of your career? Um, yeah, so I kind of was a PA for a while, and I was working in reality and live event shows. Um, I eventually, because I did a couple of you know PA jobs like here and there just for a couple days, because I, I didn't really have like a full-time PA job. It's like take a gig here, take a commercial there, that sort of thing. I eventually got on the Academy Awards as a PA. Um, nice. See, I would have killed. Is, I would have killed for a job like that coming up. I would have killed for that. It's, a, it's a, it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it, it's not like they prep three to four months before. It's yeah. crazy how long they prep for this show. I had no idea. Um, so I was just and when you're when you're a PA on that show for the production office, and there are so many different departments that don't have their own PAs. You're doing everything for everyone, so you're you're really you know an errant person mm-hmm. for that. Um, and so that was my my first you know quote unquote steady PA job, which was like three or four months. Nice. Um, and then, and I actually kind of went back to that the next year and the year after, just because it worked out that I wasn't working at the time because mm-hmm. that's that's the life, right? Um, oh, of course. So, uh, but, uh, eventually because I had that experience and because it, it was, you know, you're involved in so many different departments and it, it it's, a, it's kind of a harder PA job than most I would think. I mean, I haven't had that many, but it seemed like it. Um, I was able to get a PA job on the pilot for the middle, mm-hmm. which, uh, I wanted to get, I wanted to be a TV writer. Um, so I, uh, wanted to get in scripted TV and a friend of mine, um, who had moved on from PA, uh, found their job opening and, and referred me and I was able to get that job. And it was actually, um, not the, not the middle show that was on for nine years or wherever it was on with Patricia Heaton. Mm -hmm. It originally starred Ricky Lake. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now back to the show. It's, <laughs> wow. Yes. I was on that one. I, I think that was 2007. Um, it starred Ricky Lake and a bunch of other actors and uh, it didn't get picked up. It went through a redevelopment. They got Patricia Heaton, I think, in 2009, and then it got picked up and it, and it went. But yeah, um, not many people know that, that it was not it was not in its current form. Interesting. Yeah, the script was actually pretty much the same. But um, yeah, I mean, actors, man, you get Patricia Heaton and and you're probably going to go a little while. Off, off, off and running. Yeah, you're off and running. And what were and, you doing? Uh, what were you doing? Um, and you're just being PA still? Yeah, I was an office PA. Okay. And I was able to parlay that, you know, very luckily into a writer's PA job, which was, you know, people are dying to get into the writer's office. Mm-hmm. And I was very lucky to get in there. Um, actually, my production coordinator was letting the PAs go by picking names out of a hat because she couldn't decide <laughs> who to let go. And my name, of course, was the first name to get picked out of a hat. Mm-hmm. So like I was because on, on a pilot, you know, you're only working a certain period of time and then, it, you know, pickups and all that stuff. So so I was let go first. Um, my production coordinator said, oh, I feel so bad because <laughs> I was also like brought on last. So I had like the shortest amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, but I'll find something for you. And I'm like, OK, sure. <laughs> um, and then, you know, two a day later, she got me an interview as a writer's PA on Hannah Montana. <laughs> nice. And uh, the next day I was hired. And it, that, that was really a crazy whirlwind. And I was finally, after a few years, in the writer's office, which you just want to get your foot in the door there um, to be with those people. And so, it was a great show. A great experience. So then tell me, what is it like being in the writer's room, in the writer's department of a network show? Um, well, you mean, as opposed to something that's, uh, are, are you saying as opposed to cable or just like, uh, I know you're being specific about network or TV, but like, I know Hannah Montana was cable, but I right. you've worked on network shows as well. I'm assuming right. they're not very different. Yeah. They're the same, especially right. now streaming services. Just, how many scripted shows are there now? 250, 300, uh, double that. Oh, is it, is it, is it really that much now? Like five or 600? It's, I believe it's over 600 now. Oh my God. That's insane. And I think that, and that's just us. I mean, Netflix, I mean, you, you turn on Netflix and every week there's something new that they've spent $25 million on. And Amazon too. And Amazon too. And you've had, you had no idea. You've never heard of it. Right. And like, and it has this star in it. Like what? It has a star in it. And, and like, it must, you must've skipped the trades that day. And it's like, oh, so they just made the show for like $25 million. I mean, and they're going to put up. 
I literally yeah. was just watching, I was on YouTube the other day and I saw this trailer for like The Outlaw King starring Chris Pine. And it's like this Braveheart style epic on Netflix. I'm like, <laughs> I've never even heard of this. It's about uh, Bruce, um, oh, uh, something the Bruce, um, who's a Scottish guy. And it's basically Braveheart again, but wow. different. And I'm like, 10 episodes production. No, 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 no. This is, a, this is not this is not a show. This is a, a movie. But there's shows like that oh. that come out all the time too. Like, who's this? How did this happen? Where did this right. come from? It's constant all the time. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that 600 episodes or 600 shows are are being scripted right now. So it's a good time yeah. to be uh, trying to get into the writers' room. It's a good time to be working in the industry for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely more opportunities. When I first started working, there was a certain cycle mm-hmm. where you had pilot season, then yep. you didn't work, and then shows picked up. And if it was canceled, which uh, after Hannah Montana, I went to a show called Do Not Disturb. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably haven't heard of it because nope. it was the first show canceled that season. Of course. <laughs> um, it was, we filmed six episodes. We aired three. And um, it was like, it was at, I live in Culver city and it was at Fox and it was like a dream for me. I don't have to travel into Hollywood to work mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is going to be great. I'm going to bike to work. And then two months later, <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Yeah. Is there, but, is, is there still a pilot season? I mean, there's some sort of pilot season now, like in January, it starts in January, right? Yeah. For network network, still doing the pilot season. It starts around January. Sometimes Early pilots can go like November, December, but basically like January, February, March, you shoot the pilots and then pick up. So yeah, there's still that in, in network, but with Netflix, they're not doing pilots. So they go straight to series and with cable, because when I first started, cable wasn't what it was either. Right. Now there are so many shows on cable oh, that those are all, I mean, there's no set seasonal thing for that there are shows popping up all the time so there's definitely more opportunity now than there was you know 10 years ago so then so what is it like to be in a writer's room in any kind of show yeah uh fantastic (laughs) (laughs) if you if it's fantastic if uh you have nice writers and funny writers and your boss is great and i've had i've been very lucky in that i've had great bosses Mm -hmm. um so my, my, I worked on Blackish most recently, and Kenya Barris created the show, and he's just so brilliant. He'll just come in the room and just, you know, sort of Jedi mind everything into what the story needs to be. And, you know, a writer that has a clear voice is refreshing because, you, you know, you know exactly what he wants. Um, and also Corey Nickerson ran the room, mm-hmm. and she – you know, she's able to, uh, address notes and, and just the way she can craft a scene and get us through the script, make it great and funny and get us out of there. So we're not working till two and three in the morning is a real talent and everybody loves her for that. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, if you're working in a writer's room like that, it's great. Um, you know, I've worked on some show when you work on a show, that's a first season multi-camera show, for example, Mm -hmm. There's a lot – first of all, the multi-camera schedule is not great for writers. Um, it's fantastic for actors, but for writers, um, actors are often rehearsing at two, three, sometimes four. And then after that rehearsal in the writer's room, you go back and you rewrite the entire script. 
<laughs> so you're starting the rewrite at four or five. And it's not just your notes, but it's network and studio notes that you have to address. If something's really not working, it could be a problem. If it's a first season show, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. So that you can start working till, you know, one or two in the morning. But uh, luckily, I haven't had that experience too much. And I've worked for um, great people like Kenyon, Corey, uh, Suzanne Martin. I worked with she created Hot in Cleveland mm-hmm. and um, a show called Crowded. Uh, Victor Fresco, um, who I worked on for Man Up and Sean Saves the World. And now he's got Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix. He's just a great guy, fantastic person, nicest boss you can have. Um, so yeah, being, being in the room is great if people in the room are great. So what are like the politics of the room? Like you say, the, the show, the showrunner, the executive producer pretty much is in charge, right? Right. And then there is someone who is in charge of the room underneath them, kind of like a, uh, sometimes, sometimes, or sometimes not. Uh, so, yeah, it, it depends on the show. Um, usually on a multicam show because of the way it's structured, mm-hmm. the showrunner is running the room because as writers on a multi-camera show, you do everything together. So you go down to the set together, you watch rehearsals together, you come back together. So the person who created the show, usually, um, the showrunner is running every aspect of it. If you work on a single camera show, cause it's shot like a movie, um, sometimes that person will be on set. Sometimes mm-hmm. it depends how it's structured. And then there's a number two. So kind of the, I don't know, there's no like real title, but, sure. uh, the, the, we, you know, well, we head get writer it. basically kind Got of it. idea. Got it. Um, and then, yeah. And that, and that person will be, will be running the room. And then, um, what happens is then the, uh, showrunner will come back to the room if they've been on set and then we'll review everything that we've done in the room. Kind of how it works. Now, how are, how are ideas incorporated in an episode in the writer's room? Like do, are people throwing out ideas or do people go mm-hmm. away, write an episode, come back and then get it beat up? How does it work? Yeah, it's different. There's no one way to do it, but in general, um, everyone breaks a story together. That's how it's done. I would say for 90 something percent of writers rooms Mm -hmm. is that, uh, either someone comes in with a story or we just start pitching around funny. uh, Well, I I work in comedy. So we just start pitching around, um, funny ideas or something that happened. And if we could build a story around it, but we're, but everybody for the most part is sitting around a table. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now back to the show. Um, breaking the story together. And it's done in stages. First, it's, you know, a rough outline or some notes. And then you make a more complete outline. And then on Blackish, for example, um, we would all come up with the story together. We would have on whiteboards, we would um, write the scene, what happens in the scene, any jokes that we like. And it would be, you know, two boards full of the story, sometimes three. Mm -hmm. And then we would give that to the writer and the writer would turn that into an outline. Uh, the outline would be reviewed by uh, the showrunner or some of the writers and the studio and the network. They would get notes, they would write a draft, and that draft then comes into, before it goes anywhere, um, the writer's draft comes into the writer's room, so it gets distributed to all the writers, um, the writers read it, make notes, and then we talk about the draft, and then we make changes in the room. So that's generally how it's done. That's not like a hard and fast rule. I've worked on shows For example, Crowded and Hot in Cleveland, uh, we did it a little differently where we broke the story together um, and then we each took scenes. So all the writers would go home and they would write a scene and then send it to the script coordinator, which was me, and I would put all the scenes together in a script, send it back out to everybody, everybody would read it, and then we'd discuss in the room. So that's how it's done sometimes too. And on Hannah Montana, <laughs> um, stop me if I'm being boring. I'm <laughs> no, I think everyone listening, everybody, somehow. everybody listening wants to hear this stuff. So please continue. Um, and on Hannah Montana, uh, it was all room written. So, okay. and I think that's the way it works on Chuck Lorre shows. I've never been on one, um, but where everybody writes in the room and then it's assigned to a writer afterwards okay so everyone beats up beats the story down or breaks the story outlines it and then they give it to one writer to like go write the script no not for that one mm -hmm. for for uh hannah montana and the chuck Lorre shows once you break the story mm -hmm. then the writer's assistant opens up a blank document in the room and people are literally dictating the script so it all gets written to get with everyone together in the writer's room that must be insane though kind of i mean it, it It works. I've seen it work um, on certain shows. It doesn't work on other shows. Like I don't think that would work on Blackish because it like that show needs a point of view yes, and that, does. and it needs a writer to to sit with the material and really think through the story and the scenes. But on a multi-camera show, for example, when you're going beat by beat by beat, um, that's something that maybe isn't necessary so it works much better at least than a multi-camera to have to be room written got it now you mentioned you were a script coordinator can you tell the audience what a script coordinator on a television network show does 
Yes, and I'm so glad you said script coordinator and not script supervisor because completely different that things. Confused Com- nine out of ten times. <laughs> so c- tell the difference between a script supervisor and script coordinator. Sure. So a script supervisor and script supervisors, forgive me if I'm messing this up, but they are uh, they're on set. Um, they uh, they they deal with continuity. Um, they work with the director. They deal with uh, timing, and they get. They make notes and give it to the editor. So they're on set. They're really important. They're with the director and the writer and making sure all they, they get all the shots and things like that. So that's what a script supervisor does. A script coordinator is not on the set. A script coordinator is um, – and it's, it, it's kind of different comedy and drama. But the main um, job of the script coordinator is to be the liaison between the writer's office and the production. So your job is to get the script in production shape. So scene numbers, scene headings, um, you deal with legal and clearance issues. So once a script gets, uh, gets distributed, it goes to the clearance department and legal and they'll say what you can and what you can't say. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you're, so also when I say the liaison, you are also dealing with the departments and helping them with clearances as well. So art departments, they'll say, hey, we need a sign for this thing. Can you clear these five names? So that's a job as a script coordinator. On a drama, that's mostly what they do. Their script coordinators are in an office. They get so many revisions on a drama that um, that's kind of their whole job is to, is to work you know, in the script in that way. On a comedy, a lot of times, and has been my experience always, uh, script coordinators also act as a writer's assistant. Mm-hmm. So they're, they are in the room working in the script um, or taking notes uh, when people are outlining or things like that. So, so, what, so what, is it a writer, what does a writer's assistant do then? Uh, writer's assistant uh, is responsible for taking notes, mm-hmm. um, doing some research maybe, working in the script for rewrites. So... Once a writer brings in a script and we all talk about it, uh, the writer's assistant will take the notes um, that we've just talked about. And then once we go back into the script and, and room write it together to do, the, to do a pass, the writer's assistant will work in the script uh, changing the text. Um, so you need, you need typing skills for that. And you need knowledge of script writing software to be able to hop around in the script and uh, – yeah, I mean it's it's not so easy. Um, it's it's something that you definitely get the hang of, and it's a skill um, knowing who to listen to because you get a lot of voices mm-hmm. at, coming at you. Mm-hmm. So being able to get all the pitches down and know which ones the showrunner wants and kind of who to listen to in the writers' room and who to definitely get um, that's a that's a writer's assistant skill. Now you've you've been going through all of this. You've been a script coordinator, you're, you're a writer's assistant, and done all this kind of really heavy lifting throughout your career. And then all of a sudden, they point to you and say, "You're going to get to write a, an episode." What was that like? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's the end of the worked, show. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's worked out different on different shows. That happened on on Blackish, where uh, I was there for. Like a year and a half, I didn't expect to get a script my first season, but the second season, um, I knew, you know, it was one of those shows where you don't have to ask for it. 
because that's been the culture of the show where they'll give scripts to the writer's assistants if they think the writer's assistant or script coordinator is good. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, on Blackish, I, I had heard rumors of, around it and then, um, uh, they made an announcement in the room and, uh, when you're an assistant, um, the writers applaud for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that happened. That also happened on hot in Cleveland, um, where they made an announcement in the room, which was super great. Uh, and then on crowded, I had worked with Suzanne Martin on hot in Cleveland. So when I was hired as a script coordinator on the new show, she was kind enough to let me write a script for the show as part of being a script coordinator. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great feeling. And, um, the great thing about blackish and sort of the humbling thing is that I was writing it with a, the other writer's assistant on the show and it was the finale of the season. And it was it's a good episode. Last, That's a good episode. I remember it is. And it was a tough one. It was it the is. last episode of a four episode arc yes. where the character, we're getting separated and we're coming back together. Yes. It was a brutal, ep- brutal arc. It was brutal it was, to watch. Brutal is the perfect word. It was brutal. Um, and it was necessary and people didn't really like it. Nope. And nope. It- nope. Did not, did not like it. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, my wife and I are going, they're going too far. They need to stop this. I, I, I have enough troubles in my world. I don't need this. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's what that was a lot of the the feedback on the Twitter sphere. <laughs> um, yeah, people. But it was bold. And so it was bold. It, it was bold. Um, and Kenya really wanted to show that because they never showed that thing, you know, that, that kind of thing on the Cosby Show. And he yeah, felt it was kind of, you know, that th- that's life. You know, you you kind of go through these ups and downs. Yep. And. Um, but yeah, we were we were tasked, <laughs> me and the writer's assistant, Poor tasked were, with uh, writing the finale, and it was one of those things too where it was a, obviously an important episode. They're getting back together, which is great. Um, but also, it was at the end of the season, so like we've done twenty four episodes, and like everyone's burnt out. Mm-hmm. So um, when we got the outline, it you know we we had you know me and the writer's assistant, we had some room to play with. Because we knew, like, we knew the story we wanted to tell, and we had the outline, and then, like, we noticed, like, okay, like, Act Three isn't as broken, and there's no tag. It's kind of up to us, so we can play a little bit. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. And now back to the show. Um, and uh, look, a lot of times when you get um, outlines on, in writer's rooms, it's like paint by numbers. Mm-hmm. And this, we actually had some room to, to do some things. And uh, luckily, we succeeded on most of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it wasn't a major rewrite coming in. Um, and our tag, I'm happy to say, uh, went all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, shockingly, it was, I don't know if you remember the, the tag, but, it, uh, it was pops and, and Ruby in the, um, in the shared home that Trey was no longer there anymore. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they thought they should get it on. Yes. I um, do remember that. Yes. Yeah. So that was, <laughs> we were so happy that that sailed through because a lot of times when you bring a script in, it, it looks, stuff gets changed. That's the nature of the, of the beast. And it's, it's 99% going to get changed for the better. It's better when you have, you know, 10, 15 writers that are smarter than you saying, here's how we can improve. Um, so, yeah, when something when something sneaks past the goalie and they're like, yeah, OK, we'll go with this. That was pretty cool. <laughs> now, what does it what does it do for your career working on a show like Blackish and such a, a pivotal episode as well? I mean, has it opened doors that weren't open before? No, not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fair um, enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean. You know, maybe in the future. I mean, it's a good credit for sure. 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 And as far as, um, you know, Writers Guild residual goes, it's going to be fantastic Mm -hmm. because it's a syndicated show and it reruns. And uh, so, but yeah, as far as like agents, managers knocking on my door, not so much. Doesn't really happen. You would think. You would think. You you would think. Well, that I wanted to kind of bring that up because I want to make sure everyone listening knows the truth. Of what yeah, happens? They, <laughs> they know the truth. I like mean, all of a sudden, like you, most people, are like oh, you just wrote the season finale for Blackish, a huge show on ABC. You know, they must be just rolling up to your door with cash, waiting for you for your like. What show would you like to run, sir? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it doesn't really work like that, unfortunately. <laughs> and I was, I was the most naive person coming out to Los Angeles, so I would have totally like, like I, I. My idea was, hey, I'm going to write a script for Two and a Half Men and show it to the showrunner, and he's oh, going to hire me. Yeah, no. Which is the exact wrong thing. Anyone listening out there, don't, don't ever, do that. Don't ever do that. Uh, don't ever do that. Um, what you want to do just for aspiring writers, um, write a pilot. <laughs> of something <laughs> um, else. Yeah. Some, well, it's okay to write a spec for a show that everybody knows. And that, that was kind of okay to do back then when I was writing specs. Um, and there were only 20 shows. Like, right. I, mean, I, I look, I, I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't start in the fifties, right. like 10, <laughs> 10 years ago, there weren't that many shows. It no. was like, and people would watch it. So, you know, so writers would write a spec for like, so I wrote a spec for two and a half men mm-hmm. and anyone who read it had seen two and a half men and understood the characters and understood like the voice of the show. Sure. But now like 
you'll write for a show no one's ever heard of or no one's ever seen. So that's probably not the best idea to write a spec for a show unless maybe you're doing Modern Family because, what, everybody's seen that show? Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays, uh, write a pilot and, uh, and make it good and get some good feedback and rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it and try and do something with it. I mean, my experience in television from the directing standpoint is that it, it is a very much of a club because the you know, it is a good job if you get on a show and if you get on a good show, even if you do you know as a director at least even if you do five six episodes a year, you're good like financially yeah. financially you're oh, yeah. doing very well and yeah, residuals too yeah oh, you're, you're you're doing good you're doing good right so uh, it's so difficult to break in. I'm assuming that's similar to the writers because are, do all the writers get residuals off of everything or how does that work? Writers get residuals on the uh, on the shows that they write, and I don't know. I know the creator gets residuals on everything. for on everything, but I don't know what other levels or how that works. I think only if you have points in the show, sure, that sure. you get that you get that. But yeah, for writers, it's it's the episodes you write, and if it airs again in prime time, you get half your script fee. Which is fantastic. Which is fantastic. And then you could get, I mean, if you're a syndicated show, you could get a big check just because they made a big syndication deal. So, so like the guys yeah, from Friends and Seinfeld, says Friends and Seinfeld are doing okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all those writers in that writer's room, they did all right. Yeah. I mean, even like uh, the, I knew a writer that worked on the Cleveland show and, and he was like, he said to me, here, I want to show you something. This was, he's like, I know you guys are, you know, this, he's like, I know you're, uh, you know, getting your first scripts and, but I want to show you what it could be. Mm-hmm. And he kind of showed his writer's guild residuals and they were fantastic. From, from the Cleveland so, show, the canceled Cleveland show. From the show. Cleveland show and like some other shows. But yeah, I mean, like if a show goes into syndication, not even like a super successful show. Um, yeah, it could be pretty good. It's a nice career. And the writers go benefits when you retire. Great too. So, so can, can I ask you a question? And I'm going to be that guy. What is the range of res, like money that you get off of residuals? So people have I'm an like, understanding. Oh, I'm not the right person to ask. Okay. Um, just because I've, I've, you know, I've written three. And, <laughs> Those checks and haven't so, come in yet. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to tell. I mean, one was, one was a syndicated show. Hot in Cleveland was a syndicated show. Yeah. And that has not been as good as you want it to be. Right. Um, but figure, you know, I'll just throw out numbers. Sure. And this, these are, these could be totally Pull wrong. Them right out of the air. So let's say on a half hour network show, mm-hmm. um, I, you're, you get paid if you write it, if it's, you know, story by written by you, mm-hmm. you, you've written the script, it's your name only that for a half hour network, that's $26,000. Um, not bad. If it gets rerun in prime time, you get half that fee. So nice. you get thirteen thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. So there. That's, that's good, good right start. there. That's good right there. You're, that's good you're, right there. you're doing really good. You're doing good. Uh, if it airs again in prime time, it's probably half that. So maybe it's like sixty five hundred or something. Sure. Okay. Um, and then your guess is as good as mine. On syndication. Uh, on syndication. Yeah. I mean, you could. Get, I mean. No one like I, I've gotten a syndication check for Hot in Cleveland, and I wrote it was a cable show, and I wrote half the episode, mm-hmm. and the syndication check was like not 
not even half of what the original fee was. So it wasn't it. I felt like that sh- check should have been more. Right. I mean, I, feel like <laughs> oh, that should I always feel checks should be more, but that's just me. <laughs> Anytime I get a check, I'm like, this check should be for more. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to be the crass guy asking about money, but it was just, <clears throat> it's a lot of people out there who just don't even understand what people make. And this, all this information, a lot of this information you can just find through writer's guild. Writer's guild has all this stuff. Yeah. If you, if you go online and do WGA schedule of minimums, Mm -hmm. it's right there. You can find out everything that you'll make for TV and for features too. Mm -hmm. But I I don't even think the real, I mean, that's not even the real money is in the script. I mean, it's great money. It's like bonus money. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you're producer level or co-EP, if you're, then forget it. But even if you're story editor, so again, you can look at this schedule of minimums, but if you're a TV writer or a network show, if you're a, if you're a staff writer, it's something like three plus thousand a week. If you're a story editor, it could be five, six thousand. So it's, that's the real money. If you can get on some of these shows, writers make a good living. I have not been a staff writer or a story editor or anything on a show. So I don't have that experience, Sure, but it's, that's the money. That's, that's where that, but wait, so you get paid to be there and then you also get paid per episode that you write? Yes. That's just uh, insane. However, if you're a staff writer <laughs> and they're, they're just never going to change this, you don't get a script fee, mm-hmm. which is insane. I think just nobody, the people that are fighting just don't seem to care because they're so upper level. But yeah, so for example, if as a script coordinator, let's say you write a, you got a freelance episode, you get paid $26,000 for the script. If you're a staff writer on a show that's making 3000 plus a week and you get a script, you don't get that script fee. You get residuals, but not script fee. And it's for, I don't know why, but Mm -hmm. it's still around and no one seems to ever want to fight for that. It's, it's crazy. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Yep. So with all of this, now you, you've told us all this kind of work that you've done over the, la- over the course of your career. You've then decided to jump into the technology game and, cr- <laughs> and invented an app called Scriptation. Yeah. To, to fulfill a need that is desperately needed in the, uh, in the world of film and television. Can you talk a little bit about scriptation? Yeah. So being a script coordinator, um, I was the one responsible for sending out scripts and script revisions. And I come from the TV world. So um, I, I was working on this. It was a pilot. We had uh, we, It was a weird production schedule. We had 10 days from the table read to when we started shooting. And every single night we were putting out a full 50 page script to a hundred plus people. So I get the script together, give it to the PA. They make copies, um, hand it out to people. People make notes on them the next day, same process all over again. Um, people are rewriting their notes on the new drafts and they're dumping the old draft in the trash or hopefully the recycle bin. And that's a crazy process that we've been doing for years. And um, at that time, everyone on the show, at least in the writer's office, was feeling this is an incredible waste of paper. Um, and I was, I was thinking that too. And not only is it a waste of paper, but productivity. Sure. Where you get one draft, 
you make all your notes, whether whatever department you're in, if you're a writer, if you're a set de decorator, if you're in sound, um, if you're a director, you make a lot of notes if you're a director, same mm -hmm. thing with the DP. Um, and you're making all of these notes on a script that is going to be obsolete in 24 hours. So, um, I knew that we could annotate on an, on a tablet. So people had iPads at the time and iPhones and you could, you could use Adobe, right. To, you know, annotate a PDF document. But the real problem was once you annotate the draft, so let's say you have a table draft of a script and then you get your production draft, how can you move all of your notes and annotations from the table draft into the production draft? And that was the problem that we were trying to solve. And I hired a developer. I said, can you do this? And he said, I think so. <laughs> and that's what kind of launched scriptation. We, we figured out this problem, you know, after two or, or three years, it, it took us a, a while to figure out how to transfer notes from a draft to a new draft and do so intelligently where we could tell you what changed. And if you handwrite a note that's on the top of page three and now is on the bottom of page two, uh, we can move that handwritten note in that same spot. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's how we kind of came up with it. And, you know, we put it in the app store and it's been pretty successful and we've had directors that, that tell us, uh, it saves them four to five hours a week. That's a lot. Um, and that, that, that's four to five hours in BS work that mm -hmm. they don't, because when, when you're directing, what you want to spend your time recopying notes and figuring out what changed or you want to see how it's going to look and get the right performances and set up for the shot. Right. Um, so that's the time that, that we're saving. Um, and it's, it's been really great that uh, not only have people on the crew been able to use it, but also um, agents and managers and studio executives are using it too because they've got a ton of scripts and instead of carrying around a giant binder, they, they've got a tablet. Right, of course. It's, it's insane. When I'm directing myself, I have to carry around this huge binder full of, you know, and I try to put my notes in and it's, it's such a pain in the butt. And I was like, this is such an old fashioned way of doing things in today's world. But now your script scriptation is, uh, has alleviated that pain. Well, on your next production, you're going to need to use it. Obviously. I'm, I, I know somebody in the, in the company, so hopefully I'll be able to. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, so how much does it cost? Where can people get it? Uh, well, I kind of have an announcement to share about that. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, scriptation for the past almost two years has been in the iOS app store. They can get an iPad and iPhone for $9.99. Um, and what you get with that is you get annotation. You also get note transferring. You get another feature called actor highlighting, which, um, is useful for actors at table reads because instead of manually highlighting all their lines, they tap a button and boom, all their lines are highlighted. Genius. Um, also useful for sound mixers, which we found out. I didn't know. I built it for actors and then sound mixers say, hey, we highlight lines too. <laughs> Can you do X, Y, and Z? So um, yeah, so Scriptation has been in the store for $9.99 and you get all those features and a couple other things. Uh, we're going to make that free. What? Yeah. So... Uh, the core scriptation, uh, core of scriptation, <laughs> you're, uh, actually going to be able to get for free and, and use as much as you want with uh, as many, uh, scripts as you want and transfer notes as many times as you like. No limit on it. 
Okay, and then what's the what's the rub? <laughs> they, so, you, you have to be a business. So what's you mean the it's rub? Too good to be free. It too sounds good to too good to be true. Is yeah, this so, should, should I just buy real estate with no money down? <laughs> <laughs> so what we will be offering mm-hmm. um, is we're going to be offering Scriptation Pro, which is going to include cloud storage. Um, and we'll be able to actually sync all of your scriptation metadata, actor highlights, note transferring deletions, et cetera, in the cloud. You can access it device to device. Uh, we also have our document editor, which lets you add facing pages to write notes. Um, and actually in the note transfer, this is really cool. So if you're a director um, and you're at a table read and you make all of your notes and you insert shots and diagrams, um, and then you get a shooting draft. You can actually transfer all of those inserted pages into the new draft as well. Um, the way the algorithm works is it actually finds the like page and then moves that page there. So you really don't have to do any work That's when amazing. transferring notes. That's amazing. Um, and we're also offering a reader mode for the iPhone where sometimes it's hard to read scripts um, on your iPhone as a PDF and we're going to make that uh, easier for you. That's actually being included in the free version. Um, but that's that's going to be launched uh, with Scriptation Pro. And then we've got a, a couple of other features that we're uh, launching with Pro there. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. the rub. That, yeah. is the, that is the rub. And a good rub it is, sir. Um, yes. and, then where can, and where can people find the app? On, just on the App Store? Sure, yeah. You can search, go to the App Store, search for Scriptation. It'll be there. You can also go to the Windows Store and get scriptation. It's available on any sort of Windows device that you have. Fantastic, man. And now I'm going to ask you a few questions that I ask all of my guests. Um, what advice would you give a screenwriter wanting to break into the business today? Right. Fair enough. If, Next. No, I'm joking. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll elaborate a little, but it's really simple. If, if you want to be a writer, write. And if you have no outside responsibilities, like you're a single guy living in a city, um, write because maybe you'll get a girlfriend, maybe you'll get married, maybe you'll start a family, maybe you'll have bills you'll have to pay, and then you won't be able to do that anymore. Yep. So if you can do it, write, write as much as you can, write, rewrite, find a group of friends who don't send your script to everyone to get notes and then trying to appease everybody. Find a group of people that you trust. You, you know, you trust their opinion, you trust their taste three people, four max, send that to them, get their thoughts, become a better writer with that. Now, can you tell me what book had the biggest impact on your life or career? <laughs> you ask that to everybody? Everybody. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Dr. Seuss. The, no, uh, let's see. The New York Times crossword. <laughs> I think it uh, doing crosswords makes you a smarter person. Fair enough. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'd recommend everybody to, you can, you don't have to get the New York times to do it. You can actually, they have a crossword app in the app store. So get New York times crossword, start with Monday. Um, be really <laughs> upset that you can't get the easy ones, but eventually you will. Fantastic. All right. Now what lesson took you the longest to learn, whether in the film business or in life? Oh man. Um, there are so many things I have learned. <laughs> I've been so naive in this industry. But what took you the longest to learn? 
Uh, patience, probably. Yeah, that's a very popular answer. <laughs> my, that's my answer too. No, it's it's true though. It you know, is. Um, you can't do everything at once. Uh, plans are gonna. I mean, you know, I've learned this a lot with scriptation too. But we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. You got to be able to pivot whether in a company or in life. Mm-hmm. Um, if things like, at the, like patience, but at the same time, be willing to, to change what you're doing. Um, and, uh, I don't know all about, you know, be mindful of things and have a good attitude. These are like, uh, what, what am I saying right now? But all of these <laughs> things are, yeah. I mean, I'll go to yoga, yes, <laughs> go your to inner self, meditate, you know, <laughs> meditate. Yeah, do, do all of those things. You can't do everything for everybody. You can't do everything at once. Sure. Um, do what you want to do, do what you know, uh, is right. And, uh, hope that you succeed and have faith that you will. And what are three of your favorite films of all time? <laughs> uh, this is going to sound so cliche. Go for it. It's, uh, it's okay. Because it's so of my time. I know. Um, like when I was in college, so that's why it's going to sound cliche. Sure. Um, Office Space. Now, I love that movie. I really, yeah. really it's – a, it's, it's a brilliant piece of cinema. It really it, is. It really is. It is so perfect uh, in almost every way. It's a, uh, so ahead of its time. It's so ahead of its time. It's just so – Mike Judge is just so brilliant. Um, that movie I could watch over and over again. And hit that um, other one he did, uh, Idiocracy or – Oh, Idiocracy. Idiocracy. Oh, my god. Oh, you mean what's happening right now? Exactly, like where we are in the world right now. It, it, it was – the writer – I saw the writer or I read the writer. Like he goes, when I wrote this, I never thought that this would actually happen. Yep. It is scary. Scary. Yep. That's, a, that's a frightening movie to watch now. <laughs> Well, we're watching it right now. We're all watching it. The world watches this movie. Um, another movie, just because I can't think of my favorites that I can just put on and watch is Midnight in Paris. I I love film. I love film. wish fulfillment movies. Um, I wish more movies were like that because that's what I want to go to the cinema for. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I there's just something, you know, it's just comfort food for me to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was a kid growing up, uh, Superman. The original <laughs> Superman is so good. Yeah, it's good. He it's created good. Donner. Created without Donner, there is no Avengers. Agreed. I mean, hundred percent. There is Agreed. no Batman. There's no Batman. There's nothing without Donner setting up the entire genre. He's the first and, one to do the genre and, in in the theatrical environment. Oh, and making it feel real. Everything. I mean, oh, Nolan. I mean, that's sort of what Chris Nolan did with the Batman movies is make it feel like this could happen. Right. Um, and and it just make it feel grounded. You know, Chris Nolan took it to the next level. Batman Begins, that's up there, one of my favorite movies. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, Superman, man. That, as a kid and, and today. Superman 1 and 2, I should say. Yeah, those two together are I, – I look at them – talk about 3 or holy God 4. I mean, let's, let's, not talk let's, about not, let's not go there. Though I actually was a kid when 3 came out and I loved 3 when I was like, you know, 10. So did I. You know, like Richard I Pryor. when I was – when I love four, well, maybe I didn't even love four when I was ten. No, Actually, I, I was already. I, liked it then. I was already a teenager by that time, and I and I even I could go. This is not right. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> something, something there's something weird. There's something. Don't like that guy's fingernails. Why is why why can you cut Superman's hair? This makes no sense. <laughs> this makes no sense. 
I don't understand what you're doing. Um, <laughs> did you ever see the Donner cut of Superman 2? I did, yeah. It's the best. I think I, it's the best. I think I, I have that DVD or uh, maybe illegally downloaded it. What? <laughs> it's amazing. No, but it's amazing. This was uh, like, it came out like 10 years ago, something like that, right? It, it, not that old. It, probably within okay. the last 10 years it came out. But the Donner right. cut was so much better. They got yeah. rid of all that funky throwing the, the the Superman signal that turned into some saran wrap. Oh, that was that was crazy. Like, where did that no. come from? Like, Superman yeah. can't do that. Yeah, how do you even think of that? that where was, did that? That's when they lost. They, like they, a, they, they, they ran off the, the rails with that one. But when you go back to the Donner cut, you're like, oh, this is what it was supposed to be. We could have had more of this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for those damn producers, um, which should be a T-shirt in Hollywood. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Steve, where can people find you, man? Uh, well, uh, I'm on. I mean, I'm not really on the social networks. I'm only on it through um, my Scriptation handle. Okay. <laughs> so, but you can contact me through there. Right. So uh, at Scriptation app. Um, on all the uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, mm -hmm. and yeah, if you want to contact me, then send a message through any of those social media services. Steve, man, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Thank you so much for uh, dropping some knowledge bombs on the tribe today, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man, this was fun. I hope it's useful. I want to thank Steve again for coming by the show and dropping those knowledge bombs on the tribe today. If you want to get links to anything we talked about in the show, please head over to the show notes at indiefieldmuscle.com forward slash BPS031. There you'll get links to scriptation as well as anything else we discussed in the episode. And if you haven't already, please head over to screenwritingpodcast.com and leave us a good review on iTunes. We are a new show and it would really help us out in the rankings and getting all this great information out to as many screenwriters and filmmakers as humanly possible. I really do appreciate it, guys. And also on a side note, I wanted to let you guys know what we will be bringing to IFH TV in January. We've got season three of The Dialogue, which is really, if you have not watched that show yet, guys, please watch it. It has some of the best interviews with some of the biggest screenwriters in Hollywood. And we're also going to be releasing lectures by some major authorities in the screenwriting space. We are just finalizing the negotiations of those writers, but some of them are really, really big. Uh, I know we're going to be getting Richard Walter, uh, who is the chairman of the UCLA screenwriting program for 30-odd years, has written many books, and more people of his caliber are going to be on the on IFH TV as well. So definitely check out all the cool stuff we're going to have. Just head over to www.indiefilmhustle.tv and sign up. And that's it for this episode of the Bulletproof Screenplay Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this might be the last episode before the end of the year, but definitely before Christmas. So if you if we don't speak, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, all the holidays. Uh, may you have a great holiday season. And when your families come over and drive you nuts and there's all this drama and all this stuff going on with families and friends coming over, Take it, put it into your scripts, put it into your stories, be honest, be truthful with where you're, where you're coming from as a writer, and I promise you it will lead you to places you don't even see right now. So as always, keep on writing no matter what. I'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks for listening to the Bulletproof Screenplay Podcast at BulletproofScreenplay.com. That's B-U-L-L-E-T-P-R-O-O-F-S-C-R-E-N-P-L-A-Y.com.